You're listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the Holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find I'm full of surprises. It's not over yet. No. There is another. Hello, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to another episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always, I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Doing good. Good to be back talking Star Wars. Even though there hasn't been any big official announcements, there's plenty of rumor stories going around to talk about. Yeah, yeah. It's been, what, almost a month since we recorded our last episode, and uh, I mean, it, it certainly hasn't been for lack of any kind of Star Wars news or rumors. I mean, there's been a ton of stuff going around, but I mean, I've been kind of busy with school and finishing up and getting ready to graduate and all that, but also there just hasn't been a lot of big stuff to talk about. Like you said, it's just been a lot of little small rumors here and there, and it's like every time some of this stuff pops up, I'm like, I wonder if we have enough to go on for another podcast yet, but we don't really have like one big thing to talk about like we usually do. So uh, this is just going to be you know, a whole lot of running down, uh, you know, casting rumors and some small little pieces of news and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, why don't we just jump in and uh, knock out all these casting rumors in one go? Because we've had uh, quite a few of them since our last episode. Yeah, it seems like just with the amount of casting rumors and actors names that have been thrown out the last two weeks, it's like, seems like enough to fill a cast of a movie. <laughs> like, if all these people were in it, that's going to probably be the new cast. But because this seems like, Two or three weeks ago, every day there was a new casting rumor for either Solo Kids or Jedi or mystery uh, characters. So, yeah, there's a lot. But uh, I believe the first one that started was um, there was two names that were given a, that were thrown out on Latino Review. I think it was like around the end of August. Was that there was Rachel Wood and Alex uh, Pettifer, if I'm saying his name right. But again, these are two actors I'm really not too familiar with. I think they said Rachel Wood was in the 2003 Peter Pan movie, which I saw 10 years ago. I don't really remember. Of course, she's being rumored for the, either the, I think they specifically said the Han, the solo daughter. So again, we've had several rumor reports about either being Skywalker children or solo children. So this is another one for that. And then for the, the actor, Alex Pettiver, he, he says it was kind of mystery where they didn't know where he was auditioning for. It could be a Skywalker kid or it could be a mystery character they didn't know. So, what was also interesting about this report was, I believe, like a week or two later, um, there was like Lucasfilm actually on. There was a, I forget the name. It wasn't the official site, but it was like something that was linked to it. But they kind of had a survey amongst fans saying, like, what do you think about these just rumors about these two actors being considered for the roles for Episode Seven? Which I found pretty interesting, more actually interesting than the actual casting rumors. So, again, there's nothing really to get excited about. I'm not too familiar with their work, and then. At the same time, I'm expecting the unexpected when it comes to Star Wars casting. So this one I thought was nothing too interesting except for the fact that Lucasfilm found it interesting to kind of get a poll out there. Right, right. And for me, I think that seems like probably the most credible casting rumor so far. Aside from the main, um, 
you know, Han, Luke, and Leia coming back. Um, which again, we haven't gotten any sort of official confirmation on it, but I'm hearing more and more people just refer to it like it's fact. Um, and I'll actually talk about that in a minute with another casting rumor we had come up. But, uh, anyway, with, with these two guys, I mean, like you said, I'm not real familiar with their work either, but because of the thing with, you know, Lucasfilm pulling fans on it, um, I got to think, I mean, I, I don't know if they're going to get the roles or not, but I have to believe that at least they are indeed in consideration for the parts because, you know, why else would Lucasfilm be asking people about it? Um, but it is kind of interesting that they're sort of reaching out to the fans to see, you know, try to feel out like, hey, you, you know, if we did cast these guys, would you guys go into a giant nerd rage or would you be okay with that? You know? <laughs> So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, because... it's, it's kind of an interesting way to go about it. But, I mean, I think they could be fine. And when you were talking about what roles they might be up for, I think uh, just from looking at the pictures um, that they had of them, you know, in the article, I think Alex Pettifer could probably pull off uh, Luke's son, you know, looks close enough. And then, I'm, I, well, I don't know. I guess, uh, yeah, Rachel Wood, I mean, she could probably pull off um, – you know, the, the solo daughter too, if it's Jaina or, you know, somebody else, I don't know if they're even going to stick to the original EU characters, but I don't know. We'll see. And like you said, I'm sure they're probably going to go with some unknowns or have some surprise casting in there anyway. So, um, you know, who knows? Yeah. Going back to the whole Lucasfilm polling, uh, the fans of what they thought, I wonder if it was like a reaction to the whole Ben Affleck casting as Batman. <laughs> that caused the whole internet. <laughs> Uh, riot almost with <laughs> fans just complaining and starting petitions and all that. Like, I wonder how if it's going to be much worse when we do our Star Wars casting announcements. So I wonder if that kind of pushed them just to see kind of like Cage's waters, so to speak, to see how it'll be once they finally announce their cast. Right. Which, I mean, if that's what they're doing, you can't really blame them because I'm sure they don't want that same kind of backlash. But yeah. I mean, these two actors definitely aren't that well known. And so. Um, I think you're you're definitely going to have less backlash anyways casting these two in lead roles than if you were going to say, I don't know, recast Ben Affleck as Han Solo or something like that, you know. Yeah. Oh, can you imagine the riot that'll go? <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Millions of voices will have cried out in terror and they will <laughs> not suddenly be silenced. Uh, oh, man, but the other casting a report that came out was on early September was an actress I never heard of, but she has the right last name. Um, let's see if I can pronounce her first name. It was Cassina Solo. I've never heard of her before, but then this is from Jedi News was reporting that uh, she's been also considered for a role as what, a daughter of Han Solo and Princess Leia. So that seems the role, whoever the children's going to be of Han Solo and Princess Leia, it seems like they're going to be the they're focus of all the rumors right now. So We'll see if they're the focus of the movie, but she's just another actress added to the list of auditions or rumors for the solo children. So um, she yeah, definitely has the right name, but I never again. I'm not familiar with her, so I don't know if you were, but just one no, of those no, casting or casting rumors that just kind of well, okay, never heard of it, but we'll see if it pans out. Yeah, but I mean, just I, again, judging just by the picture, because with a lot of these actors, that's all I have to go on. I mean, I yeah. went and looked up like her IMDb profile. And uh, I thought she certainly had the look to pull it off. But again, I've never seen her act in anything. So I don't know. Yeah. And who knows what the look they're going for. But she like she has dark hair. But then uh, Rachel Wood has like light blonde hair. So I wonder if 
they're having a specific look they're looking for the solo children or they're going to be two kids or <laughs> they're just going to dye their hair. Who knows? Well, I'm, I'm sure they could probably dye it too yeah. if they were looking for a specific thing. And then the other casting rumor that happened, I believe on the same day, was that uh, there was a report also on Jedi News and it was actually on Rebel Force Radio podcast where they were talking to Riley actually from the Star Wars report at Dragon Con. And they mentioned that actor uh, Liam McIntyre, he said himself that he was auditioning for a role in Episode 7, which yeah, I believe he said it was for a Jedi, too. And this is, again, another actor I'm not really familiar with his work, but uh, this is the first one actually in a while where we heard it's for a Jedi and not one of the Solo children or the Skywalker children. And he seems to be like an older actor where he wouldn't necessarily be like a, in his like early 20s or late teens, so... It does seem like from the picture I've seen of him, he could fill the role of a Jedi, but this is the first time, anyway, we're hearing something about a Jedi character. Okay, yeah, and I mean, that's, uh, I mean, obviously they're going to need more characters in the movie than just the solo kids, but like you said, that seems to be where the big focus of the casting rumors is right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm interested to see, too, who they end up casting as, you know, some of the different characters in Jedi and who the villains are going to be and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, again, somebody I'm not real familiar with, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think at this point, really all we have to go on as far as sort of judging, I guess, what people would be right for what roles and, you know, what roles are going to be and stuff. I mean, the, the main characters from the original trilogy, you know, Han, Luke and Leia, and then their kids are pretty much the only ones we have to go on because, you know, we know that there are stories about them after, episode six and so we would assume that if they're making an episode seven like some of those characters might appear in there but if they're going to be you know original characters new jedi stuff like that it's like who knows who the you know who's who are going to play those people or who those characters are going to be yeah at the same time too even though we're really not too familiar with these actors i like it better that way when we don't know who they are we're seeing these pictures and we're getting familiar with them then instead of like the initial reaction you probably get when you hear a big name actor you probably go hmm are they right for that? Or yeah, I could really see them as that, but then be disappointed when they're not in it. So I think it's better when we really don't know who they are with all these rumors. Yeah. Yeah. For I would me, agree but... with that too. That, uh, I mean, I think in a way it kind of helps the movie too, because you can really yeah. believe them as those characters and you're not thinking, I mean, trust me when, when the next man of steel comes out with Ben Affleck as Batman, I'm not saying he's going to do a bad job of it. Um, you know, I, I, think uh i mean i don't know if he's gonna be great at it but i'm at least willing to give him a shot i'm not one of those yeah. people who flipped out about it but you know everybody's gonna recognize him on screen not as batman but as ben affleck in a batman costume so you know with with star wars i think since you have such a a vast and original universe i think it's good to have characters that you can really believe in that universe and that it's not just like oh look it's that guy in a jedi robe yeah, did you ever feel that way with Mace Windu or even Liam Neeson, like when you first saw him in episode one? Not really. Um, of course, I was a kid at the time, and so, you know, when I was like eight years old and The Phantom Menace came out, I didn't really know Samuel L. Jackson or Liam Neeson all that well anyways. I mean, I'd probably seen some other stuff that they'd been in. Um, especially thinking back now, I know Samuel L. Jackson was in Jurassic Park, and I had seen that already. Um, and I'd probably seen, you know, a couple other movies that they, that they had been in, but I really wasn't familiar with them. Like growing up, I knew those guys from Star Wars. Um, and of course, since then I've seen other stuff that they've been in, 
And especially, um, you know, Samuel L. Jackson has done a ton of stuff that's a far cry from Mace Windu. But um, I think I I think of the two of them, he probably actually um, I don't really know how to put this because I know some people say like he wasn't that great of an actor as Mace Windu. But I think he he fits pretty well into the role in terms of like it's different from a lot of other stuff he's done. So he doesn't really seem like just Samuel L. Jackson up there on screen. Like, you can actually believe him as a character because he's not, like, running around shooting people and dropping yeah. a bunch of F-bombs. You know, so it's like, okay, yeah, that's Mace, that's Samuel L. Jackson, but he's not, like, playing the same kind of role he usually does. Like, he's, you know, making himself believable in Star Wars. And then, of course, Liam Neeson, I, I think, uh, you know, he did a great job, too. It's just... Again, because he's a, a recognizable actor, um, you know, you, you can obviously recognize him from other stuff he's done. But I don't think he also didn't really, like, stand out as, like, a huge star presence of, like, oh, look at me. I'm Liam Neeson up here. Like, I thought he he sort of uh, slipped pretty well into that role of Qui-Gon, too. So, um, and, and neither of those guys are, I mean, they're, they're both big actors who've done a lot of stuff, but I wouldn't say they're like huge names that, um, you know, have been in a lot of like big blockbusters and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see who they pick for their new movies, but certainly, you know, somebody like Ben Affleck, who's not just in a lot of movies, but in, you know, you see him in the tabloids a lot and stuff like that too, that, um, you know, he's almost more of a celebrity presence than he is just, you know, an actor or something like that. Yeah, I agree with what you said, too, about uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Liam Neeson. For me, anyway, even though you know who they are when you watch it, but Star Wars so far hasn't had that uh, problem where you're seeing the actor instead of the character. So I, I expect that to continue with Episode 7 unless they <laughs> do something drastically different, but... Right, that's, and, that's and I'm sure they're keeping that in mind as they're casting, too. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, I don't mind them casting big-name actors as long as they're not the type of actors who stand out as celebrities and not just actors. Exactly, yeah. But speaking of big actors, probably the biggest rumor that happened a few weeks ago, it got debunked since then, but uh, there was that rumor going around that Benedict Cumberbatch was up for a role as like a Sith villain for Episode Seven, but... Him and his reps and even him himself have like denied it, saying he hasn't been asked to be a part of Episode 7. But it was definitely intriguing when the rumor started to see how he would fit as a villain in a Star Wars movie. And I thought he did a great job in Star Trek Into Darkness and as a villain. Then I think he would be pretty cool to see him as a Sith. But, I mean, we were told no on certain things before, and yet it did happen. So you never know with this one. But I think he could fill the role as a villain pretty well in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and, and uh, one thing that I did think was interesting was, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I would necessarily say this one's been debunked. It's been debunked in the sense that, you know, they've said, okay, no, he's not, like, officially cast in the movie yet. But, um, I mean, there were the rumors going around about it, and then uh, Benedict was doing press for, you know, a new movie he's got coming out, and they asked him, like, at a panel at a film festival or something like that they asked him specifically about it and he said, um, well, you know, I can't say that I've been asked to be involved in it or something like that, but he, he basically was making it sound like it was still possible. I mean, he was saying that he grew up as a kid and really liked star Wars and that he was always a huge fan of Han Solo and that, you know, he loved working with JJ Abrams 
And he said, look, you know, I know JJ, he knows that I'd like to be a part of it. You know, any actor in Hollywood that wants to be in Star Wars, you know, somebody already knows that they want to be in it. But, um, and then he said something like, but no roles have been decided yet other than the big three coming back. Um, and so, you know, when I saw that, I was like, well, okay, you know, is he just making that assumption because everybody's making that assumption or did he just kind of let the cat out of the bag because he knows J.J. Abrams and, you know, maybe he knows it officially and even though it hasn't been made officially, he just kind of assumed everybody already knew that. Um, so that was an interesting little thing that I thought was kind of slipped in there. But also just, you know, like I said, the fact that he was saying um, that he would still like to be involved in it and that it's not uh, it's not out of the question. It hasn't been ruled out. It just hasn't also been confirmed so i i would say that uh you know them debunking these rumors is more like just that more like them just saying this is still just rumor at this point but we're not confirming it or denying it yeah it's kind of like when jj said he's not directing episodes from before right right well and that was I think that's a little bit different scenario just because he originally wasn't planning to direct it and then kathleen kennedy changed his mind but um, again, it just goes to show that you can't really put too much stock in any of this stuff until it's been made official. So, yeah, um, I also find it funny too. That's another uh, person who worked on the Star Trek franchise. But when you ask them, they prefer Star Wars over Star Trek. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know what though? I think <laughs> for for a lot of people, when J.J. Abrams was doing the Star Trek remake, that was probably like the closest they thought they were ever going to get to being able to do Star Wars because everybody thought Star Wars was done. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure in 2009 when Star Trek came out, you know, I, I remember watching that and thinking, man, this is really cool. And if anybody ever continues Star Wars, like after George Lucas is gone, or if anybody, you know, does like a reboot or a remake of it or something like that, not that I would necessarily want them to, you know, remake the original trilogy or anything like that. But if they ever did, I was like, they should do it like this. Cause this is some cool stuff. But <laughs> You know, little did I know that four years later we'd be getting an announcement about, you know, yeah. Disney coming over and or taking over and making episode seven in, you know, just a couple more years. So I think that, you know, people thought that if that was going to happen, it would be further down the line. And, you know, a lot of guys that were in Star Trek probably thought, you know, well, I like Star Wars, but this is my chance to be in like a big sci fi movie. And, um, and, you know, I'm not saying that they didn't like Star Trek or didn't want to be in the movie or anything like that. But obviously, like you were saying, um, you know, J.J. Abrams and Benedict Cumberbatch. And I know Simon Pegg's a huge Star Wars fan. And some of those guys are, you know, just uh, I mean, there are there are a ton of people in Hollywood who've been influenced by Star Wars and, you know, grew up with it as a kid. But, um, and, you know, it is always cool to see, you know, when uh, some of your favorite actors and stuff talk about it. And they're like, man, I love that as a kid. And you're like, me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think the only one who wouldn't would be Carl Urban, who said he, he's loyal to Star Trek now, that he couldn't betray the franchise and do a Star Wars movie. Well, even that, though, he said he loved Star Wars and maybe even said he liked Star Wars more than he did Star Trek. He just said that now, he, now that he's a part of Star Trek, he doesn't think it would be right to be in both. Um, and actually, I was, I was going to ask you about that. How would you feel about that with Benedict Cumberbatch with um, – you know, with him being in Star Trek, if you were to be cast in Star Wars, would would you be okay with that, or would you think it seemed like a little bit too much crossover? No, I'd be totally cool with it, unless it's like almost the exact same performance as he did it in Into Darkness, which I don't think it would be. Because 
I think he makes a good villain just from seeing into darkness. I know he does the Sherlock series, which I haven't seen. So, um, so I'm not too familiar with his whole body of work, but just seeing him in Star Trek, I think he'd be great in a Star Wars movie. So, like I said, unless it's that almost identical to his performance in Star Trek, that would be the only issue I'd have with it. But as far as like having it in two, so like it's Star Trek and Star Wars, I have no issues with that. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, I definitely think he'd be good. Um, and I have, I actually just started watching Sherlock recently, um, and I've gotten through the first season so far, and I really like him in that. And so, yeah, I think if you would, I, I think he could be great as a Jedi. He could be great as a Sith. I mean, he he could he he's pretty versatile as an actor, so I think he could do a great job with a lot of different roles. I think my only problem with it would be not just with Star Trek, but it seems like he's just starting to become one of those actors that you know his his star is on the rise, so to speak, and he's starting to pop up in a lot of different places. Um, like he was in Star Trek, he's in Sherlock. He's in the Hobbit movies. He's going to be yeah. voicing the dragon in the next movie. And so if he were to pop up in Star Wars, I know he's not quite one of those like A-list, you know, he's not like Brad Pitt where anybody would have recognized him anywhere. But especially among sort of like the sci-fi fantasy genre, he's starting to be one of those guys that you see in a lot of places. So he might be one of those ones that if you see him in Star Wars, you might see the actor and not the character. Um, and that's certainly not any... Um, I don't, know, I don't mean that as a criticism to him because, like I said, I'm sure he could do a great job acting the role. It's just he's becoming more and more recognizable. Um, and so, like I said, I wouldn't really have a problem with, like, the Star Wars Star Trek crossover there. It's just maybe he's a little bit too much of a, of a well-known actor at this point to be, be able to really blend into that role. But at the same time, because he's really good, I'm sure he probably could blend into that role. And, you know, who knows if they would do you know, makeup on him or something, you know, if he's an alien character, maybe you wouldn't even recognize him or maybe he'd be voicing some character like he's doing in the Hobbit. I don't know. Um, actually I think, um, I might've been talking to you about this or I might've been talking to Jason about this, but like a few weeks ago before this rumor even came up, I kind of just threw the name out there and I was like, you know, what if, you know, we were talking about like, well, what if Benedict Cumberbatch was in Star Wars? And then I was like, he'd make a really good Admiral Thrawn. And uh, I think I was talking to Jason oh, about that, and he was like, holy crap, yeah, he would. Um, I can definitely see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be really good. And see, that I wouldn't mind, because then, you know, you, I mean, it would still probably be him playing the part, you know, physically just with makeup or something, but it wouldn't be like his regular face that everybody's seen, like on Sherlock and Star Trek and everything else. He'd be, you know, blue with red eyes. But, uh, you know, that would be something that would be cool to see, except I don't think they're probably going to go with that storyline, but... I don't know. I mean, if they can find somewhere where he fits in there and can do a great job, then, you know, go for it. Yeah, I definitely totally agree. But <laughs> now you got my head spinning about Admiral Thrawn. <laughs> 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 like you said, the makeup of the red eyes, I could totally see it. But um, I think that's that's it for the casting rumors that we've had the last few weeks. I'm just hoping the next bit of casting is something official finally, because <laughs> I have a feeling it's gonna it has to come pretty soon, because... We're in middle of September now, and we're coming up on the years since this whole Episode 7 Disney acquisition was announced. I think we're going to hear something around that time in October. Right, right. And that's another part of the reason why we didn't do a new episode for so long, because, you know, after a couple weeks of starting to hear all these rumors and stuff, I kind of just got this feeling like something big was going to drop soon. And I was like, I want to do a new episode and sort of wrap up all these little things we've been hearing lately, but at the same time, I just get a feeling that, 
we're going to do a new episode and put it out. And then like the day after they're going to make some big casting announcement that's going to, you know, nullify all these rumors we've been talking (laughs) about. And so, you know, maybe we should just wait for something official. So, um, I don't know, hopefully by our next episode, maybe we'll have something official to talk about, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I kind of just got that feeling, especially with, you know, the, the casting rumors that Lucasfilm was like polling people online about. It's like, well, are they getting ready to make that announcement or are they still making decisions or eh, who knows? I know. Just something soon, please. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we do have a few other uh, non-casting related uh, rumors to talk about. Just, you know, rumors and little news bits and things like that. Uh, one thing that did come out is that J.J. Uh, Abrams talked about or he, he announced who his cinematographer for Episode 7 is going to be. Um, and that's going to be, uh, what's the guy's name? Dan Mindell, who also worked with J.J. Uh, Abrams on Star Trek and Mission Impossible 3. And uh, they're shooting it on 35mm film and not on digital, which, um, I mean, you know, may not, might not mean a lot to some of you guys if you're not film people. But, I mean, a lot of people in the film industry kind of debate whether shooting on digital looks better or whether shooting on film looks better. And, um, I mean, digital is kind of like the new way that's cheaper and sort of easier to manage. You know, you just shoot to a hard drive and you don't have to use all these reels of film tape. But, uh, a lot of people think that the film still looks a little bit better than the digital. And so, I mean, that just kind of goes into this whole thing that we've talked about before with the fact that they're kind of going a little bit back to the original trilogy style of filmmaking where they're, they're shooting on film, they're using a mixture of uh, CGI and real sets and effects and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, they're not just shooting the whole thing on digital, on green screen or blue screen like George Lucas did with the prequels and just filling in everything with CGI backgrounds. Yeah, when I first heard this, I don't know, I was kind of surprised and not surprised at the same time because, like you said, the prequels were all shot digitally and but at the same time, I've, I was thinking that since J.J. Abrams is continuing on what Lucas did, maybe he continue with that. But then, like you said, they're going back to more of the original trilogy style. So it does make sense that there are going to 35 millimeter films. So that was kind of like a surprise and not surprise reaction to it. And I don't know. We'll see. It's going to look good regardless. But um, I was someone who always loved how the, the prequels looked when they were shot digitally. I got to see episode two on a digital screen. I remember back in 02 and just being blown away how awesome it looked. And then when you see him on the Blu-rays, episode two and three just really stand out as looking nice and sharp and crisp. So I always like how the digital stuff looked, but it's going to look awesome on 35 millimeter film too, regardless. So yeah, well, I just found it kind of curious that and, going back. Yeah, and, and I'm sure, um, I mean, obviously stuff that's shot on 35 millimeter film nowadays looks better than stuff shot on 35 millimeter film back in 1977 anyway, yeah. just because of you know improvements in technology and film stock and stuff like that. So, I mean, just because the prequels look better, it's not necessarily just because of the digital aspect of it. Um, and you know, when you, when you go to a theater and see a movie in you know those digital projection screens, um, I mean, you'll still be able to see episode seven in that too. Um, so it's, it's just, they're shooting the originals on film and it gives it a slightly different look to it. So, um, yeah, just same thinking too that if JJ has meetings with Lucas, if that was something that they talked about, I wonder if Lucas kind of if he like urged urged him on to yeah, maybe he should go digital more or just respected like JJ wanting to do thirty five millimeters. If that was even a big issue or not, but 
I just I just find it curious that if they were having meetings about it, if Lucas pushed for that or all at all or not. But yeah, you know, honestly, at this point, I would have to think any involvement George Lucas has is just going to be from a story standpoint. Um, because I mean, there's a reason he retired from the whole, you know, big filmmaking business. I think as far as the production aspects of it, I think he's just going to leave that up to JJ and Kathleen Kennedy and the people at ILM and Lucasfilm and all that, and just let them take care of it. And I think any input he's going to have is just in terms of what they're going to do with the story and the characters and sort of continuing on his legacy from a story standpoint and from, you know, a standpoint of, you know, what goes on in the star Wars universe. Um, I, I mean, personally, I think if George was making this, making these movies himself, he probably would shoot them on digital, but I don't think he's going to have a real strong opinion one way or the other of how JJ does it because he's like, look, this isn't my company anymore. I handed it off. You guys make these movies the way you want to, but I still want to sort of have a little bit of say in how you handle, you know, my stories and my characters that I created. That would just be my take on it. I mean, that, that's just my guess. I don't know what he said or, uh, you know, how those meetings took place. But, I mean, obviously, if he was pushing for digital, they went the other way. So, yeah. <laughs> I know probably even for Lucas, it still must be weird him not making all these decisions. But even as a fan for me, it's, it's weird for me still to think that he's not making these final decisions and it's not his say. When we hear, like, stories of things that are maybe different from what he did. Still got to get used to it as a fan even. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, I, I guess I've kind of gotten a little bit used to it already because of the Clone Wars, because Dave Filoni will talk about how, you know, George Lucas was there in every story meeting with the Clone Wars, you know, coming up with the stories for the episodes, but he wasn't involved in the day-to-day production of the show, and, you know, Dave Filoni was the one working with the artists and the people, you know, editing it and doing the lighting and the character models and all that kind of stuff, so he made a lot of those decisions and then sort of would just get George's approval on it, so... Um, and then, you know, to this extent, it, it's a, a little bit even more extreme, you know, in this case, because it's like they don't even have to get George's approval on it because it's not his company anymore. But yeah. I, I guess I've sort of already gotten a little bit used to that idea just because of, like I said, in the Clone Wars, it was like George's story and George's universe, but it wasn't top to bottom George's project. That's a good point, too. Yeah, pretty much what you said is all <laughs> what happened with Clone Wars. And every time they would show him episodes and stuff out, like he'd be blown away by it, too. So. Yeah, maybe you're probably right that it's not too big of an issue with him as far as handing it off. Let the new production team decide what to do as far as shooting and all that other aspects of it. So, yeah. And right. speaking of Clone Wars, how do you like that little segue there? Um, we've got a couple point. of things related to Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, there was a rumor uh, a couple weeks ago about um, some possible distribution for Disney content on the Apple TV devices. Um, and they said that could possibly include the Clone Wars bonus content, and they were saying that kind of matched up with what uh, Pablo Hidalgo had said at Celebration Europe, that they were looking into possibly doing some, um, I don't know exactly what he said, but I, I think he said something like outside the box, you know, yeah, maybe some unorthodox fun. methods of distribution, and uh, yeah, uh, doing like an original release of something on an Apple TV would definitely be a uh, new way of thinking about it. I, well, I, I don't have one of those, but I mean, I, I've got an iPhone and an iMac, so I'm kind of up on all the Apple products and I'm pretty sure they haven't done anything like this so far, as far as like releasing something exclusively on Apple TV. I'm not even sure how that would work. Cause I don't know a whole lot about the Apple TV, but as far as I know, it's just sort of this thing that 
it's almost like an external external hard drive that you can store all your like iTunes movies and TV shows and music and stuff on and then plug it into your TV and like play it on your TV. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they would be, they could be releasing it through there. I don't know if they'd be releasing it on iTunes or if it would just be exclusively through the Apple TV device. I don't know, but all I do know is that if they did do that, I would buy one and figure out what it is and how to use it so that I could watch my Clone Wars bonus episodes. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That would certainly be a, uh, an interesting way to go. My only problem with that was that I was thinking that might turn a lot of people off, you know, feeling that, you know, they had to buy this expensive device that not a whole lot of people have uh, just in order to be able to see these Clone Wars bonus episodes. I would think they'd want to get it out to as many people as possible, but... I don't know. We'll we'll see how they uh, decide to do it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not the most ideal way to get to see these bonus content episodes. But like you, if they if this is the way they're doing it, or they announce something else, whatever it is, oh, I'm getting it <laughs> as soon as they officially announce it. Because I mean, as Star Wars fans, I mean, we can't wait to see these episodes. <laughs> and if that's the way to see it, that's what I'm gonna have to get. So. That's not really an issue as far as, oh, I'm not going to be able to see how they're doing this. No, I'll, I'll have to get it. <laughs> I mean, I bought uh, new TVs just based on the DVDs coming out originally. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, to see it the best way possible. So it's not going to be any different one uh, if this is for the bonus content announcement. But it is, it is a little strange if it is going to be exclusive to the Apple TV devices. If anything, it's probably going to be a timed exclusive. Maybe it'll be on there for a few weeks or months and then maybe it'll get released on iTunes and other digital distribution stuff, but it will have to wait and see. Cause they said, I believe they mentioned that Disney and Apple are, are pretty close as far as having like exclusive content and stuff like that. So they have been in business together. So this is why it might make sense where they might put an app out for Apple TV, just for star Wars. Yeah. But also interesting too, is that it's not just Clone Wars bonus content, but any like new documentary videos for episode seven that, we were familiar with on StarWars.com for the prequels that those would be exclusive to Apple TV and even some exclusive uh, Rebels uh, content on there. So if this all ends up being true, it seems like they're moving away from the whole StarWars.com stuff where we're seeing all these video documentaries and maybe it'll just be on Apple devices in the future. So that's definitely interesting if it does go that route because that'll be a big change. And like you said, it, it maybe it might turn people off and not a lot of people will get to see it. But... Unless a lot of Star Wars fans are like us, where no matter where they put it on, they're going to get it. So maybe it will, yeah, the, maybe it won't. But it's definitely an interesting new direction if they do go that route. Yeah, the thing that's just kind of weird to me is that the Apple TV is really not like that big of a sort of mainstream thing. I mean, it's really like sort of a niche market. And out of all of Apple's products, that's like one of the least popular ones. You know, a lot of people have iPhones and iPods and iPads and, you know, Apple computers. But I don't think I know anybody that has an Apple TV personally, but, um, you know, one, one thing that this could be leading into is, um, there's been a lot of talk about Apple developing, I don't know what they call like a smart TV or something where it would basically be kind of like the Apple TV device, but like integrated into a TV set that has, you know, not just like watching your TV channels, but that has, you know, program functions where you could like access the internet and your iTunes movies and stuff like that. Yeah. If they came out with something like that and, you know, maybe part of like the launch promotion was, hey, you're going to be able to get exclusive Star Wars content on this thing, then I'm sure that would be a big selling point for it. So maybe they're going that way with it. I don't know. Yeah, it would 
make more sense if it's all Apple devices and not just the Apple TV. That's what kind of makes it a little strange. Because like you said, it's probably the least uh, popular Apple device there is as far as it being in people's homes. So it is curious why they're going to focus on the Apple TV. Well, mm-hmm. well it like makes I said, sense, unless of course, you want to see it on a TV than rather on your iPad or phone, ideally. So that's yeah. the main reason. But all that other content stuff, you would think they'd make it universal on all Apple devices. Yeah. Well, and like I said, unless they're planning to do some sort of upgrade to the Apple TV or some sort of bigger TV set project. But yeah, yeah for now, it seems like it's that kind of small because it's, it's just sort of like a small little box that you plug into your TV. And yeah, it seems kind of a strange choice. I mean, I could it, it seems like it would make more sense if they were going to connect it with like the Xbox four or the Xbox one or the PS4 or something like that. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's still just a rumor at this point. So. Um, I don't think we've got all the details on it yet, so who knows when they're gonna you know, when they're gonna announce that? I mean, I I just want an announcement of when we're gonna be able to see this bonus content, regardless of where it is. But I'm sure you know they might not have all the details of it worked out if they are doing some kind of deal like that. I know. I mean, the, I sent a tweet out about it. How we're in September now, and it feels weird that there's no new Clone Wars episodes on the horizon to look forward to seeing. They're like, just give us some announcement as to when we're gonna see this bonus content. Yeah, yeah. It was weird because over the summer, you know, right after they announced that the Clone Wars was canceled, it kind of felt like, you know, it, it kind of felt like this void. Like I started missing the Clone Wars already just knowing it wasn't coming back. And then I realized, well, we're going to still get the bonus content at some point anyways. And even if there was a season six coming up, we wouldn't really know anything about it at this point anyways. And, you know, this was back in like May or June or whatever. It's like, you know we might around this time like just be getting the first trailer from Star Wars Weekends or something like that. But it's not like we'd have a ton of clips and trailers and stuff to go off of anyways. So it's like, even though it felt kind of empty that there was no Clone Wars, it's like we wouldn't really have any new Clone Wars at this point anyways. But now, like you said, now that we're getting into September and the fall when, you know, season six would have maybe been starting around now, it's like, oh man, now I want some new Clone Wars. Uh, could we at least get a trailer for the bonus content or something. <laughs> yeah, tight is over. So that's the Clone Wars stuff. We also had um, a couple of well, not really announcements about Star Wars Rebels, but some impending announcements because they said that uh, there will be a Rebels panel at New York Comic Con, which is coming up, I believe, in October, right? Yeah, October 10th to the 13th. Yeah, and so there'll be a, uh, a Star Wars Rebels presentation there, and they said it's going to focus a lot on the Empire and uh, sort of the role that they're going to play in the show and sort of expanding the Imperial might and their you know presence on different planets and sort of the way that the Emperor is tightening his grip on the galaxy. And so, um, you know, I'm sure out of that panel we might get to see some new videos, screenshots. Well, I don't know about videos, but, um, you know, character art and concept art and kind of the same stuff we saw at, uh, at Celebration Europe. But, you know, maybe we'll get to see some new designs of Stormtroopers or TIE Fighters or maybe even get a first look at Darth Vader or something like that. So that should be uh, something to look forward to. I mean, obviously I'm not going to be there, but as we do for all these big conventions, I'll be uh, keeping my eyes peeled on the internet. Yeah, this was unexpected, but uh, a welcome surprise really, because I didn't think Rebels would have any like appearance or showings at any of these smaller conventions. Because of course, New York Comic Con is pretty big, but of course not as big as San Diego and some other ones. So, but I have to say, this has got me pretty excited just looking at the press release for the panel. I'm going to read it real quick. It's called, the panel's going to be called Star Wars Rebels, The Might of the Empire. It says, what happens when the Galactic Empire takes over a planet? What if Imperials took interest in your world and garrison stormtroopers and TIE fighters to maintain order? 
Star Wars Rebels, a thrilling all-new animated television series from Lucasfilm for Disney XD will ask those questions. And so will this panel hosted by uh, Lucasfilm's Pablo Hidalgo. It says that details on the show are closely guarded, but fans at New York City Comic Con will get a first look at, at new art from the series and learn new information about the formidable foes of the formidable forces of the Galactic Empire. And then it says that the Empire is once again the prominent villain of the saga, and Star Wars Rebels puts the awesome might of Imperial forces in the spotlight. And for me, I mean, I'm excited for Star Wars Rebels to see what they're going to do with characters they use in the Rebel Alliance, but the thing I'm most excited for is seeing the Empire and seeing how they're going to operate in the show and seeing how they're going to look. Because even, even back as a kid and watching the old trilogy, I was always an Imperial guy, despite liking the main characters, the good guys, Han Solo, Luke and Leia. I just love the Empire and how they look and, and how just the story of how they, even with the Clone Wars and the prequels, how they were, Palpatine rose to power and took over the Republic and made it the Empire. Just find that whole thing fascinating. So to see them having the spotlight in Rebels 2 is going to be awesome to see, and I can't wait to see. If, hopefully if it even incorporates some Clone Wars things as far as how clones get in, uh, moved into stormtroopers and the different vehicle progressions, like the TIE fighters, the Star Destroyers, all that. It's all going to look awesome. Like we said, maybe we'll get to see our first look at Darth Vader at this panel. That'd be probably the highlight of the panel if they do, but I just can't wait to see what they show of the uh, Imperial forces, as it says in that description. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think for me, I probably like Darth Vader and Boba Fett are probably the two characters I'm most looking forward to seeing in star wars rebels um and then of course you know i'm sure any new characters that they introduce are going to be pretty cool and i want to see some clone wars characters come back too but um i mean i'm i'm excited for the whole thing i'm excited to see the beginning of the rebel alliance and the last of the jedi and that kind of thing too but the uh the imperials is uh, definitely something i'm i'm excited to see and especially the return of darth vader i mean how cool is that going to be yeah <laughs> Man. especially because if like we were talking about if they bring back darth vader in episode seven you know, there, it's going to be something like, well, you know, how did he come back? Or is it really Darth Vader? Is it somebody else in the suit? But if we see him in Rebels, it's like, you know, that is the Darth Vader. Yeah. Like at the height <laughs> yeah. of his power, just, you know, crushing the Rebels and terrorizing the galaxy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's going to be no Force Ghost or Impersonator, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, again, I said, I wasn't expecting to have another panel for Rebels, because even in the press release, it says, it's still a year away, but this is going to be your, a chance to get a first look at some new artwork and information on the series. So you're probably right, though, where it's going to be more of a celebration uh, Europe panel that they had, but just focusing more on the Empire, which right. is fine by me. Well, and, and when I compared it to Celebration Europe, I was just saying, because at Celebration Europe, they didn't release any uh, you know trailers or clips or anything yeah. like that yet. And I think if in the description for this panel, they just said, you know, you'll get a first look at like some artwork or something like that. And, uh, you know, at Rebels, they they showed some concept art, they showed some character designs. And so I'm imagining it'll probably be that same kind of thing and not quite like full clips or trailers or anything like that yet. But I mean, maybe we'll be surprised. Who knows? And also, it doesn't say in that description if uh, like Dave Filoni or Greg Wiseman or anybody else that's working on the show is going to be there. Um, it just says Pablo Hidalgo is hosting the panel, but I think he hosted the one at Celebration Europe too, yeah. um, where you know he was just the one sort of like moderating the panel or asking the questions or whatever. Um, and so, I mean, Dave Filoni might be there, who knows? But I'm sure you know there might be some other people there involved in the show to kind of talk about it and show it off. Yeah, did you happen to see that uh, tweet? Like Greg Wiseman uh, posted a few days ago, where he said he was out. He was out Lucasfilm for the week, and then he said he finally 
got to meet uh, George Lucas. I yeah, think, yeah, I did see that. So, <laughs> oh, that was cool. Oh, good to know that Lucas is at least was there at some point <laughs> discussing Rebels probably with Dave and now Greg Wiseman. Yeah, and and I can tell you for for someone who likes Star Wars, that's got to be just like a crazy experience. Yeah. I, mean, I've, I haven't met George Lucas in person, but I was there at Celebration Six last year in the same room with him when he you know came out on stage for the uh, at the end of the Clone Wars panel, and I was probably I don't know five or ten rows back in the audience, so I was fairly close to the front of the room and I came home and just told everybody I was like within a hundred feet of George Lucas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I told you this before, but back when the special editions uh came out for the premiere, it was in Westwood, uh, Hollywood, where my cousin was in the area, not there for the uh premiere, she was just there, but she was like a few feet away from Lucas. And she didn't recognize him. She's oh like, my old, gosh! Old, like old guy there. He was, he was like there was no one around. Her. He was kind of like giving me like a look, like oh, like I'm expecting you to come over here because like he was gonna make time because like they kind of made eye contact, but she didn't know who he was. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> why can't I be in there instead? <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> like that's the once in a lifetime opportunity to have. It's like you could have shook his hand, and then yeah. I could have shook your hand, and I would have like. George Lucas DNA on me, but you didn't know who he was. <laughs> that still irks me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would bug me too. And and like you were saying about um, it being at New York Comic Con, how that's not like a huge Comic Con, but I mean, outside of San Diego, I think it is kind of one of the bigger ones that takes place, um, or, you know, around the country. And uh, and Clone, I, I think Clone Wars has been at a couple other. Um, you know, a couple other of these conventions besides just the San Diego Comic-Con. So I wasn't too surprised to hear that it was coming to the New York one. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I was just pretty excited that uh, that we were going to get some more stuff about it. I was kind of surprised not that it was coming to that convention, but just that we were going to, I don't know, get some more information on it so soon. I guess I hadn't really yeah. been thinking about that or expecting it. So, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what comes out of this panel. So I'll uh, be keeping an eye out for that. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, thank goodness it's not in another country where I have to be up later, up real early to get the news. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> where you're up till like 3 a.m. and then I'm up at like 7, being like, what did it, you know, what happened overnight? Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be nice. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, so I think we just have a couple other rumors. Well, there's, there's one where, uh, there's a rumor about the title of the film that it's going to be titled, uh, Episode 7, A New Dawn. And um, I don't, I don't know. What did you think about that when when you heard that? Yeah, when I first heard it, I pretty much thought to myself right away. I highly doubt that's going to be the title. Or for me, anyway, to me, it sounds like too like a fan made title and just too easy to think that oh, it was going to be since it's a start of a new trilogy. Let's call it a new dawn. Kind of reminds me of the early episode one rumors we were hearing, titles we were hearing before. It was like Balance of the Force or Episode One. The beginning, which I think was actually what it was referred to by the crew before Lucas gave the official title, but like all these rumors that just sound too easy and like too like fan made or it's too obvious that it would be the title. So to me, it's going to be exactly like Episode One, where no one in the world thought it was going to be titled "The Phantom Menace," and it's going to be something like that, where it's going to be something no one's going to guess. So right now, I'm like highly doubt a new Donnie is going to be the title for Episode Seven. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I, I don't necessarily believe that that's going to be the title because we don't have anything official. I'm not, like, super skeptical about it either. I, I was kind of surprised how, um, I don't know, I guess how much I didn't really care about this rumor because I was like, 
yeah, I'm interested to know what the title of the movie is going to be, but at the same time, I don't really care all that much because you know the the title doesn't make the movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, you know, whatever they decide to call it. You know, I'm more interested in what the actual story is and the characters and that sort of thing. I mean, if they do call it a new dawn, I don't mind it that much. I mean, my I guess my only criticism with that is it sounds pretty similar to a new hope, but depending on what's actually happening in the film, it could kind of make sense. You know, it could be like a new dawn for the Jedi order, a new dawn for the Republic, that sort of thing. Um, you know, happening after like the dark days of the empire. So I, I certainly think it's a fitting title. I think, you know, they could do better. They could also do worse, but at this point I'm not too worried about what they're going to call it. I'm more worried about like what the movie's actually going to be about. Yeah, one thing we can't count on when the title gets announced is that they're going to be, plenty of uh, fan disappointment or overreaction to it how oh it's not gonna fit it's the worst title ever yeah i think the only one that wasn't like that was revenge of the civ because that's one like probably the only one that was could have been guessed by fans yeah yeah especially because you know episode six was eventually it was originally gonna be called revenge of the jedi yeah and then you change it to return of the jedi and it's like well you know jedi don't take revenge but sith do so that's what i'll use for episode three but, I wonder uh, if it's the title that Lucas already had for when he had his story treatments, or is he's going to leave that up to Michael Arn and Lawrence Kasdan or J.J. Abrams or Kathleen Kennedy even to title it? Yeah, I don't know. Because um, he, mean, he, he came he, up with The Phantom Menace pretty late <laughs> during the script process. Yeah, I mean, he might have like a tentative title for it, and they might stick with that, or they might say, hey, you know, now that we've written out the whole script or we've, you know, started filming or whatever, we want to change it to this. So what do you think about this title? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm not too worried about the title at this point. Because regardless of what, regardless of what it's called, I'm still going to go see it. And exactly, you know, then when I walk out of the movie, the title won't be the thing I'm talking about. <laughs> right after you're walking out, man, that title was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right? It was okay with the title. Episode seven, a new dawn. I love it. <laughs> I always no, I'll, I'll be more like, oh, man, I saw Luke again, I saw Han again, and there was this awesome space battle and this awesome lightsaber fight, and what was it called again? <laughs> I love, for me, as a Star Wars fan, I do, I think as Star Wars fans have favorites of parts of the movies that they like best, but you can, I know you said you don't really care about the title, but even that is something that I do have a favorite on from all the titles on, and we'll, I know it's going to continue with the new trilogy, too, but I know you said you really didn't care about the titles, but did you even have a favorite one with the other six movies or just something that you really didn't care about regardless? Uh, just a favorite title? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would probably be between, I, I'd say it would probably be between Return of the Jedi or the Empire or, or uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. One of those two. But again, and, and it's not that I don't care about the title at all. I mean, like I said, they could certainly put, you know, a really dumb sounding title on it and, I would be disappointed or they could put a really cool sounding title on it and I'd get excited about it. It's just that, you know, you know, so I care about it. I just don't put too much stock into that. And, um, I mean, you know, even when you're asking me, like, if I have a favorite title out of the, the other movies, as soon as I think of a title, I start associating it with the movie itself. And uh -huh. so, you know, it, it would seem weird to say like, Oh, the Phantom Menace is my favorite title. Cause that's not my favorite movie. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's sort of just like, it's it's sort of like an all-encompassing thing for me. I just love, you know, Star Wars as a whole. So, you know, the title for me is just part of the movie. You know, there's the title and there's the action and the lightsaber fights and the music and the characters and all that kind of stuff. So, 
I mean, it's hard to sort of separate the title from the film itself and pick just a favorite title, I guess. So, I mean, that's why I, I guess, you know, once the movie comes out, I guess I will care about what it's called, but I don't really care about the speculation for it right now when we don't know what the movie's going to be about yet because I don't really have anything to connect it to. Yeah, and another thing, too, is that just going by the prequels, the title for all the prequels came out a few months before the first trailer for the movies came out. I think it was like maybe two or three months. And I'm guessing anyway, just by that, that it might be the same for episode seven where we get the title a few months before and then we get the trailer for the movie a few months after that. So I think it's even right now, it's a bit too soon to be speculating or even thinking that the title is going to be announced soon. Mm. But then again, I mean, they could do it differently with, you know, J.J. Abrams and all these guys doing it differently than George, because it seems to me like with the most recent Star Trek movie, um, and I could be mistaken on this, but I think everybody knew for a long time that it was going to be called Star Trek Into Darkness, but they were just really secretive about the production. And so it was like the title was the only thing we knew and nobody knew, you know, what it was about or who the villain was or anything like that. And they knew that Benedict Cumberbatch was in it and there was like speculation that he was going to be Khan or this guy or that guy. And nobody really knew who he was playing in the movie. So there was just, you know, a lot of other secretive stuff around it but you know they knew the title a long ways in advance and just didn't have much else to go on but um i mean i I could be remembering that wrong but it seems like the the title was out like a while before anything else was yeah you might be right on that it was definitely the first thing before like you said any official information came out for star trek and the trailer and all that but who knows maybe episode seven will be the exact opposite of Star Trek Into Darkness, or Episode 7, Into the Light, or Into the Brightness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Imagine if an outcry that would have, too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They'd be like... Especially if, if Benedict Cumberbatch was in it, too. Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, J.J., do you have no original ideas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd probably uh, piss off Star Trek fans, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well... The thing that I don't get, kind of going off on a little side tangent here, I thought Star Trek Into Darkness was really good, and I know a lot of other people who thought yeah. it was really good too. And the only people who seem to not like it are the hardcore Star Trek yep. fans. You know, if you if you read any kind of discussion about it online, you know, all the all the casual moviegoers or you know the Star Wars fans or the people who aren't that much into Star Trek are like, man, that was a cool movie, and all the Trekkies are like, nah, that was so dumb and unoriginal and stupid and jj you know messed up the franchise and blah 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 i'm like really were you watching the same movie i was yeah i can't believe that when i hear that i mean they had a star trek convention in las vegas not too long ago where it was voted the worst star trek movie of all time like yeah yeah and i'm like seriously now granted i haven't seen any of the other ones except for the one that came out in 2009 but i thought both of those were really good yeah same here like i don't get why they're i guess i do get it at the same time because I can see why it's not original, but when they say it kind of messes up other Star, the original Star Trek stories, I mean, they took care of that in the first movie where it's a whole alternate timeline, so it doesn't mess right, anything right. up. And I, I think maybe it's not so much that they feel like they're messing it up, but just that they sort of retreaded a lot of ground from Star Trek Two. I mean, I haven't seen the original Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, but I know some stuff that happens in that, and I could tell the parts in Into Darkness where they just sort of took that and put their own spin on it, but it was very similar. So it was sort of like they did the same thing for their second movie that the original series did for their second movie. And I could see how maybe some fans would be kind of disappointed with that. But at the same time, you know, if I were a a hardcore Star Trek fan, I might 
be kind of like, oh, I wish they had done something more original, but I don't think I would be like, oh, this movie totally sucks. Yeah, I can get the whole of wanting something original, but at the same time, too, I want to call myself a hardcore Star Trek fan, but I like the original series and I've seen all the old movies. And when the 09 movie came out and they have this new cast as those classic characters, you kind of want to see more classic characters, but in a new setting. This is exactly what Star Trek Into Darkness did. So I thought that was cool. And it's kind of like the same thing where, in a way, when you get like a new Batman reboot, you're going to want to see the new take on the Joker. And right, right. It kind of was like with Star Trek, if it's the classic villain is Khan, then that's who you're going to want to see represented in the new iteration of these characters. So, like, for me personally, I totally get why they did that into Darkness. I think it'll work really good. So, like you said, have. I can get the originality uh, complaint about it, but at the same time, it was still a really cool movie that did a great job, I thought, anyway, with the characters. So I don't get the tricky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, of course, like we talked about before, just watching that movie, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see J.J. Abrams do Star Wars. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> yeah, but, just got uh, it on Blu-ray, so I can't wait to watch it again. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I want to get that. I, I wanted to go see it twice in the theaters and never got around to it. I only same saw it here. once, so... Yep. I want to definitely, you know, get it on Blu-ray or watch it. I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, or I know they've got it on iTunes on digital, but I'm going to get a hold of that somehow and watch it again because that was cool. Yeah, but the worst thing about it, which I think is a Paramount thing and not something that J.J. Abrams did, or it's a studio thing where, like, all the special features are split up on depending on where you get it. Like, Best Buy has certain features, Target and all that, and the only way to hear the commentary is to download it through iTunes, which I think was pretty lame. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah, it's like, this better not be a new trend for releases coming out. Yeah, that's I, I can guarantee you that's not a J.J. Abrams thing, because yeah. I'm sure he's not in charge of putting all the extras on the DVDs and stuff. I mean, they're, you know, Paramount's distribution wing is taking care of all that stuff. But uh, then again, I mean, for me, I don't really... As much as I like watching behind-the-scenes documentaries with commentary and stuff and seeing the process that goes into it, I don't like watching movies with the commentary track on, because... I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about it and say that it's great and you get a lot of good insight or some of them are really funny. And I've always kind of meant to do that and like watch, you know, Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or some of my favorite movies with the commentary on. But I'm also somebody that gets really engaged in like the stories and what's going on. And I don't like to be interrupted during movies or shows or anything like that. And I just don't really like the idea of spending two hours watching a movie with somebody talking over it. And it's like, you know, I could probably watch clips or scenes of it or something, but it's like if I'm going to sit down for two hours and watch a Star Wars movie, I want to actually watch the movie and not, like, listen to somebody talk with, you know, all the audio and stuff in the background. Yeah. I know. That's just me. Yeah, I know. You're not the first one. I know who said that about the commentaries, but for me personally, when it's something that I really love, like Star Wars and, like you said, Lord of the Rings, which I think has the best commentaries where it's like it's broken up separately. You can hear the Peter Jackson commentary or you can hear the cast commentary. That's how I was disappointed with Star Wars on the DVDs where it's just one track, but it's like it's split up with Lucas, like Rick McCallum and the visual effects uh, supervisors and all that. I just wish it was all Lucas because I want to hear what he has to say about eat everything as they're watching the movie. So that's like mm-hmm. the one disappointment I have with the Star Wars commentary because just to hear it, all Lucas has to say about the whole movie because it's pretty cool to hear, watch to watch the movie and Lucas is telling you about it as you're watching it. Yeah, I will say one thing that I'm looking forward to, <laughs> even though I don't watch movies with commentary on, when I finish my Star Wars fan film that I'm working on, I'm going to record a, a director's commentary track for it and uh, put that on the DVD when I make it. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I'm sure that, recording that commentaries fun. are really fun. As a yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I know some people, especially like my family and stuff, they love watching movies with like the special features and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, you know, maybe at the beginning I'll do like, hi, mom, I recorded a director's commentary track for you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm uh, still working on that, by the way, but hoping to get it done by the end of the year at the latest, because uh, my school's actually having another uh, screening in December for the next round of senior films. I showed mine back in March, but it was only the first half of the film. And uh, I'm actually graduating in a couple of weeks coming up here at the end of September. But I've talked to a couple of people already at the school, and they said they'd love to have me come back and show my full film at the next screening. So cool. I'm planning to show it off there and then, uh, you know, make DVDs and put it up on YouTube and stuff like that afterwards. Oh, nice. Just have it out before the DVDs out before episode seven. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm thinking, I'm not sure when the screening is, but it'll probably be like early December. And then, you know, all my cast and crew and stuff, I'll send them all DVDs of it for Christmas and then put the, put the movie up on YouTube shortly after that, maybe like new year's day or something like that. Cool. Yeah. The first half was really cool. So I can't wait to see the second part of it. Yeah. And I've made some improvements to the first half too. I'm definitely, I mean, before I was kind of rushing it to, to try to, uh, you know, get it done for the deadline. And so now I'm kind of taking my time more and, um, you know. You're already <laughs> doing the special editions. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Uh, yeah, the the full film. Because I'm not releasing a part one and a part two. I'm just going to re-release it as the whole finished film. But it'll kind of be a special edition of part one, I guess, because I've made some improvements to that since the first uh, time I released it. In true Star Wars fashion. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, so that should be pretty fun. But I think we've just had a couple more small rumors to talk about. I mean, there was one saying that uh, stuff's going kind of slow on Episode 7 and they might push it back from summer of 2015 to December. Um, and there's another rumor saying that um, that the production of the film might start uh, January 21st, 2014. That was another thing from a Latino review. And, I mean, these guys are all over the place with this Star Wars news. I'm thinking they've either got some really good contacts who haven't gotten caught yet for spilling the beans or they're just making up a whole bunch of crap. But uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see once we actually get some official announcements if any of these rumors they've been throwing out there, you know, hold any weight. But, uh, I mean, as far as the production starting January of next year, that didn't even seem like that big of a thing to me because I think we had already talked about that and... Yeah. Um, you know, it seemed like that's when they were planning to start production anyways. Um, as far as the movie getting pushed back from, uh, summer to December of 2015, I don't know how you feel about this, Tim, but I mean, on the one hand, it would be nice to have it come out in the summer just because Star Wars has always kind of been a summer movie and, you know, all the other movies have come out in May. And so just kind of for tradition's sake, I mean, I'd like it to still come out around that time. At the same time, if they need more time to make it good, I'd rather watch a really good episode seven around Christmas time than a rushed and crappy episode seven in the summer. So, you know, whenever they, uh, whenever they have it ready and want to release it, you know, I'm going to watch it whenever. So I don't really care too much. Yeah. Like you said, if they need more time to make it as great as it can be, yeah, go ahead and push it to December. But even though it won't be the end of the world, I will say that I probably will be a little disappointed that it's not going to be a summer release. Just kind of what you said for the tradition's sake, where every, all six Star Wars movies came out around May and in the summer. And just the fact, too, that already this, 
summer 2050 is going to be crammed with some really cool movies and just having Star Wars be the first and, and like foremost uh, movie that I'm looking forward to see in that summer would have been extra cool. But yeah, if it needs to be pushed back because JJ needs more time on certain things. And yeah, by all means, push it back to December. But I will be disappointed. I have to wait just a little bit longer for a Star Wars movie. But when it comes, it'll be worth it. Right. You know what? As long as Battlefront comes out before then, because then you know, I'll have a dose of Star Wars to hold me over until Episode Seven comes out. Of course, Rebels will be out by then, too. So, you know, it's not like we'll have any shortage of Star Wars content to hold us over. And, I mean, from a, from a Disney standpoint, too, as far as money and stuff, you know, it, it kind of makes sense for them because they've already got uh, the Avengers, too, coming out summer of 2015. So it's not like if Star Wars gets pushed back, they're going to lose their big summer moneymaker because... You know, it's, that's not their only big film coming out that summer. Yeah, I know it's definitely not as big as Star Wars or The Avengers, but they also announced that uh, the next Marvel movie for that year, Ant-Man's been uh, moved up to August. Cause I think that was originally supposed to be like a winter 2015 movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, so, that that's the time. one Marvel movie that I'm not excited about. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I would, it's mostly because I just don't know anything about the character. Yeah. And I'm like, he's he's an ant. How is he supposed to compete with, you know, Thor and Captain America and all those guys? It just doesn't seem all that interesting. But, you know, I mean, it's still a ways off. I'm sure once I see a trailer or something, I might uh, get more interested in it. I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy either, but now that I've heard some more stuff about that, I'm excited for that movie. Yeah, I can't wait for Guardians. But as far as Ant-Man, I never really cared about the character until there was the Avengers or Mightiest Heroes animated series. He was actually one of the better characters on that show. And he actually has some pretty cool powers and stuff that he can do to utilize his uh, size. It's either grow real small or grow real big. And then there's actually test footage from the director who put together that's out there online that you can see. It was actually pretty cool of seeing how uh, the potential of an Ant-Man movie is going to be. So it has the potential to actually be pretty cool. But out of all the other big movies coming out in 2015, I don't think that one's going to come out on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's certainly not at the top of my 2015 yeah. watch list. But uh but as far as episode seven, right now, I'm still convinced that it's going to be a summer release. Just from the one thing anyway, is that during the D23 Expo, I believe it was Bob Iger who still said on there that it is planned for a summer release. And then also to the tie in with the celebration Anaheim, where in the press release for that, it says to coincide with the release of episode seven. That's why we're... That's when Celebration Anaheim is going to take place. So right. those two factors still have me believing that it's still on target for right now anyway for a summer release. Right. Well, you know what? Even if the movie does get pushed back to December, then I would just think at, at Celebration Anaheim we might get the first trailer for it. Um, I hope it's not so. that late. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's coming out in December, that wouldn't be too late. But uh, well, Maybe the second trailer. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping maybe. for a teaser Something I just like think that. because you trust me, this uh, this is going to be your first celebration, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because at Celebration Six last year, we got the uh, well, you know, the the premiere of the Clone Wars season five, um, the first episode revival. We got to see there before anybody else, and then we also got to see the season five trailer before anybody else. And based on those experiences, I would not mind waiting. I mean, you know, maybe they would release a trailer in like, you know, January or February or something of 2015. If it was coming out in December, you know, they might release it almost like a year ahead of time. But I would not mind waiting until April to see that trailer for the first time with a bunch of people. Because when you get a ton of people who are excited about Star Wars, 
seeing the first glimpse of some new Star Wars for the first time. I mean, just the excitement and the energy is like nothing else you've ever experienced. Oh, I, bet. I, mean, I, I was talking to Jason about this the other day because we were both there at Celebration 6 and um, watching that Celebration or wa- watching the Clone Wars Season 5 trailer, they showed it at the end of the night after, I mean, they had this whole big long panel about the uh, the Clone Wars Season 5 and it was like this sort of, I mean, they had like a red carpet and everything and it was you know, they, they sort of made a big deal about this premiere screening and they showed the last two episodes of season four on the big screen. And then they showed the first episode of season five. And I mean, it was great and everybody loved it. And then afterwards they had Dave Filoni and Sam Witwer come up on stage for a Q and a, and then when we thought the night was over, Dave Filoni was like, Hey, before you guys go, you want to see the season five trailer. And I think people got more excited about that than anything else in the night because we hadn't been expecting it. And it was like, hey, you've just had a great a, a great night of some great Star Wars. You want a little bit more? And, you know, we just went nuts for it. And then during the trailer, that moment when um, Darth Sidious pulls out the second lightsaber, you know, and you see probably like the first two minutes of the trailer and it's all action-packed and stuff. And then it just fades to black. You hear Darth Sidious laughing. And then he says, you know, like, remember, there can only be two and you are no longer my apprentice or something like that. And pulls out a lightsaber, pulls out a second lightsaber. I have never seen so many adults lose their minds like that before. <laughs> I mean, the place went crazy and people were screaming and like, oh, my gosh. And, you know, then we were talking about it afterwards and just geeking out about it. It was so great. So I would gladly wait or pay money or whatever I've got to do to be able to experience that again with a bunch of Star Wars fans at Celebration 7 or, you know, Celebration Anaheim or whatever they're calling it now. So, um, I mean, I'm sure if the movie's still coming out in summer, yeah, we'll already have a trailer by then. But I hope we get some kind of new glimpse of Episode 7, you know, maybe a new trailer, maybe a new clip, something like that, that's revealed just at Celebration 7, just so we can have that sort of, you know, excitement again. Uh, because that was just, oh man, that was so great. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you just make it sound so awesome to be in that crowd on that trailer show. And then just imagine it's going to be even more so for a new Star Wars movie, like you said, if it is the first premiere of a trailer, just rather than how crazy it's going to be. The only thing I'm worried about, though, is that if it's something that is going to be so in demand and limited space that someone's going to have to stand online like one whole day or a few days at the convention just so they can get in to see it. <laughs> <laughs> like that's your whole celebration. And I'm standing in line for that one episode seven panel. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, yeah, I don't, well, cause Mike did say that, um, the year before at celebration five, they had had to like wait all night in line to get into the George Lucas panel. Um, there was nothing like that at celebration six where it was that long wait. I mean, there were some long lines and some, really crowded uh panels but there i I don't think there was anything where people were waiting in line all night for it was it really an issue for any of you guys to get into the clone wars premiere for the clone wars premiere no in fact we had well we had press passes uh for doing the podcast stuff and so we actually got to go in early and we got like reserved front row seats um so that was (laughs) that was another part of it that was pretty darn cool but i mean even if i had been in the back or like in the middle of the room or something like that that would have been awesome so i actually don't know how crowd or you know how much of a line there was or how hard it was for people to get in because it was i mean the the theater i'm pretty sure was packed to capacity i mean i couldn't see all the way to the back of it from where i was but it it was a full room um yeah and like i said i don't know how long the line was or how long people had to wait or something like that but um again i didn't see people like waiting overnight for it or anything like that so 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure if they, if they show a new trailer or something like that, yeah, it's definitely going to pack the room. So, but I mean, it'll, whatever line we have to wait in for that, it's going to be worth it. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, without question. So yeah, I think anyways, besides that, we've just got, um, and a couple other things to wrap up. Something came out a couple days ago. Uh, this was actually in the Hollywood Reporter saying that J.J. Uh, Abrams is kind of beefing up the headquarters for his uh, production company, Bad Robot, over there in L.A. And um, saying that they're, like, adding more to the facility. I mean, right now they've got, like, some editing bays and J.J.'s own personal offices. And they've got, like, some screening rooms and audio recording spaces and stuff like that. But they said they're adding on um, some, like, uh, some green screen areas and some additional sort of production facilities to use in support of episode seven. Um, and so they might be shooting test footage there. They might be shooting some of the movie there. Um, and they're, I, I think I read somewhere that, uh, you know, the most of the production is still supposed to take place in, uh, in the UK, but you know, JJ didn't really want to shoot out there or have to move out there and be away from his family. So it seems like they will be doing a little bit of the production back here in the States um, and they said it might be like a 90-10 split, something like that. Or, I mean, this could just be, like I said, for for test footage, for pickup shots, for just effects shots, something like that. But, um, I mean, you know, that's that's just sort of interesting to note that, um, you know, they will be shooting some of it here and that they're already sort of making preparations for that being underway. Which has to make you think that they might be a little bit further along in the process than they're letting on. I mean, you know, we keep hearing that they haven't made any official casting decisions yet, that the script isn't even finished, but, you know, they're getting all these production facilities prepared. I heard another rumor that over in England, in like the main soundstage that they're filming at, that they've already completed, um, uh, they, they've built a set of the interior of the Millennium Falcon. And so it's like, if all this stuff is true, then it at least seems like they know, you know, some of the stuff they're going to be doing for shooting the movie and some of the locations that it's going to be taking place and stuff like that. Um, oh, and that was another rumor. I don't know if we even tweeted that one, but I read a rumor on uh, IGN the other day that they were saying like, oh, you know, somebody's saying that, uh, you know, the Falcon is going to be making a return appearance in Star Wars. And to me, that was just kind of like, yep, if Han's coming yeah. back, why wouldn't he be in the Falcon? Um, especially because, you know, there's been rumors that Harrison Ford has said like he'll only come back and play Han Solo again if they kill him off. I don't know if he's going to die in the story or not. Um, I hope he didn't actually say that just because, I mean, it's not that I would have a problem with them killing off Han Solo, but I don't want to go into the movie thinking, oh, well, if Harrison Ford's in this movie, then Han's going to die at some point. You know, I still kind of want it to be kind of a surprise, but I was thinking if Han does come back and he does die, really the only fitting way I can see that happening would be going down with the Falcon, like in some huge space battle or something like that. And he does something heroic and the Falcon yeah. blows up and, you know, there goes Han, but, um, yeah, I mean, unless they're just going to be, like, really minor background characters kind of making, like, cameo appearances. Like, hey, remember me? I was in Star Wars, and, you know, here I am in the new movie. If they're actually playing any sort of an integral role in the plot, I would have to think that Han's going to be flying the Falcon. Or that somebody's going to be flying it. Maybe, you know, he's passed it on to his kids now or something. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> I, I really want to see the ship in there again. So I'm kind of hoping and expecting that the Falcon's going to be in the movie. Yeah, same here. And if... Han's not piling it. He's at least going to give his kids a speech if they're in it, you know, like he gave Lando. Like, I got your word, not a scratch now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if, you know, he's got like these teenage kids and he's like, you know, it'd be like a dad teaching his kids how to drive. <laughs> be like, no, 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 don't push the red button. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't come into hyperspace just yet. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, so that was just sort of something that popped up that I was like, okay, yeah, I guess you could call that a rumor, but um, again, something I'm not going to worry about too much right now because it just kind of seems like a given. But I mean, if they are actually building the set of the Falcon, then um, you know that's good news. But uh, it'll be awesome to see it when photos start popping up for it. But oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, the other thing that'll be interesting to see is if they're going to keep it exactly the same as it was in the original trilogy, or if this is like 30 years later, has Han made any modifications yeah. to it? I mean, he keeps talking about how, you know, he says the first time that you see the Falcon, like, I've made a lot of special modifications myself, and yep. now that it's been 30 years, and presumably they haven't been fighting the Empire as much, I mean, we don't really know what the backstory is going to be about, you know, what's been happening during those 30 years, but I'd like to think maybe he at least had a little downtime to, you know, fix up the Falcon and make some modifications and get it to the point where it's not, like, stalling and breaking down the hyperdrive all the time, but... Um, one thing we do know is he's going to have to replace that radar dish on the top of it. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, maybe it'll look a little bit different. Hopefully Um, got around to repairing that over the last 30 years. since Jedi. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, obviously I want to see the same ship. I want it to look the same and sound the same, but if there's, you know, maybe a couple little things here or there on the outside, or maybe they've made some changes to the inside, I wouldn't mind it. I I wouldn't mind seeing it, uh, you know, updated just a little bit. Yeah. I, I totally get that. And I think you probably will see some little differences to it. Yeah. I mean, kind of the same with, with Han and Luke and Leia. How You know, I'm sure we're going to see them in new costumes, too. Um, you know, I keep picturing these characters coming back, and I'm thinking of, you know, I'm picturing Harrison Ford in, like, the exact same, you know, white shirt and black vest and all that kind of stuff that we've seen Han Solo in. But it's like, no, it's been 30 years. These guys have changed their clothes. So, you know, <laughs> they're going to come back, but they're not going to be the exact same or look the exact same as how they were in the original trilogy. And so I don't mind them doing the same thing with the Falcon in that same regard. Well, I don't know. Obi-Wan had this almost had the same outfit <laughs> for 30 years or 20 years. Uh, well, not exactly. Cause in episode in the new hope, his robes are longer. Yeah. It is a little different, but so. it kind of almost looks pretty similar to that, but it, it would just be funny. Yeah. If that was. I mean, <laughs> then again, those are Jedi robes too. So, you know, yeah. Jedi wear the same stuff their whole life, but you know, Han and Leia don't. Uh, and then besides that, I think just the last thing we have is that um, there's a rumor that came out just, was it just yesterday? No, it was uh, Thursday the 12th that um, there, well, actually a, a couple of rumors. One was in regards to a young Han Solo film um, that uh, they think there might be casting underway for a young Han Solo going on, but uh, that was kind of tied into another rumor um, well, this actually wasn't a rumor. This came from like a Disney executive who was on a call with investors or something like that and said, um, he basically was, was talking about the star Wars spinoff films and referred to them specifically as, um, he referred to them specifically as origin stories. And, um, that kind of, I, I guess you could call that confirmation if you want of, um, you know, what we had already been speculating on for a long time now that these, spinoff movies could be like a young Han Solo movie, a young Boba Fett movie, possibly even a young Yoda movie. Um, but you know, so if they're calling them origin stories, I'm sure we will see some, uh, some younger characters and yeah, Han Solo certainly seems to be like a top of the list kind of one. So, you know, if they're casting for a young Han right now, that, um, you know, wouldn't be, wouldn't be too surprising. Yeah. The only thing, I mean, it's not too surprising because we're kind of expecting that for some of these movies, but I just hope not, every single one of them are just going to be origin stories 
because for some of the rumors that we've heard, like whether it's Yoda or Han Solo's, yeah, those would be really cool to see. I, mean, I especially want to see a Yoda origin story, but for like the other characters that have been thrown out there, like Boba Fett, that's something where we kind of got his origins already. And I want to see a post Return of the Jedi with Boba Fett. And depending on if we ever see that Clone Wars arc or not, was that's supposed to be where he gets his armor, then then I want to see stuff after that. But if they don't, then it would be cool to see Boba Fett finally get his armor and how he got it and all that stuff. So I think it can work with certain characters. And then for other characters, I'm kind of hoping it's not just origin stories. And the, one of the characters I'm kind of torn between that is was Obi-Wan because seeing an Obi-Wan origin story kind of like his home planet or his first trip to the Jedi Temple or his first training there would be cool to see or his first uh, like mission was, I guess, except as a Padawan with Qui-Gon if they could get Liam Neeson back. How cool would that be? But at the same time, too, it would be cool to see something on him post-Revenge of the Sith with him on Tatooine. And I just got finished reading that Kenobi book, which I loved. I thought it was really cool. And reading that, I said, man, an Obi-Wan movie set on Tatooine could really work. I mean, I would love to see an adaptation of that book, really. But you know we'd have more uh, stories to tell or adventures on Tatooine in that 20 years. So, so I'm kind of split on the whole origin thing. I just hope it's not every single movie standalone movie that they do is just going to be an origin story i think that it'd be better if they mixed it up a bit right well and i mean he did say in this uh conference that um i mean he, he sort of just threw it out there like he he made a reference to the spinoff films as origin stories he didn't really like make an announcement that yeah okay we're making this many standalone films and every single one of them is going to be an origin story for this character this character this character um and so yeah i, I think maybe they're thinking like han boba fett and yoda and after that, you know, I, I mean, I would love to see an Obi-Wan movie, too. But also, I mean, you know, if they, if they do a, a quote-unquote origin story, like for Boba Fett, for example, um, I don't think that would be like dealing with young Boba. I think it would be more of an origin story in terms of sort of seeing how he becomes, you know, the Boba Fett of, you know, the Empire Strikes Back. Sort of just like that that cunning bounty hunter that everybody's afraid of. Um, and so it would sort of be, I mean, I mean, I would love to see, you were saying you want to see a, a Boba Fett movie set after Return of the Jedi. I'd love to see one set um, maybe like before A New Hope or in between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back somewhere in there. Mm. Um, that wouldn't necessarily be an origin story, but maybe just sort of more of like a standalone film. But I guess you could just call it an origin story because we're seeing him in a time before sort of the, the Boba Fett that everybody knows really well. Um, although now that we've got Star Wars Rebels, um, I think, you know, maybe the last time we talked about the standalone films really in depth might have been before we got the announcement about Rebels, because now that that's coming out, I think that's a good opportunity for them to show, um, you know, Boba Fett and like you were saying, uh, kind of his progression after where we see him in Clone Wars, um, kind of in between, you know, in between the prequel trilogy and the, and the original trilogy where he's not a kid anymore, but he's not quite yet, you know, best bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's sort of... Um, maybe still proving himself a little bit, but uh, definitely sort of starting to make more of an impact. I would love to see that in Rebels, where he's sort of like the young hotshot maybe, but he's also you know starting to stake his claim as one of the best, and he's got the armor and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if they, if they do that in Rebels really well, that could kind of maybe eliminate my need for a Boba Fett standalone movie. But then, like you said, they could also maybe do one uh, post-Return of the Jedi. Although I still stand by my theory that we should have a Boba Fett movie set in the original trilogy, I, and have a uh, scene after the credits that shows him flying out of the Sarlacc pit and then have him show up in, you know, episode eight or nine as, you know, an older guy. But 
Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think we definitely would be the best thing to see somehow, somewhere, him getting out of that Starlight pit, <laughs> wherever yeah, it's placed yeah. in the movie beginning or after credit scene. It's just something that I really want to see if they do a Boba Fett movie. Yeah, that would be pretty darn cool. But uh, yeah, I, I think as far as. I mean, there's a ton of possibilities for these standalone movies, and I don't think every single one is going to be an origin story. Um, and, you know, even when he says origin stories, like I said, it might be sort of just referring to more of, like, focusing on the individual character rather than their place in the overall story. It might not be, you know, talking about everybody, you know, how they grew up as a little kid or something like that. I mean, even when they talk about, like, doing a Yoda origin story I, I might like to see a yoda standalone movie but i don't want to see like yoda training as a padawan because really? that's all i think would be pretty cool to see <laughs> uh, see it could be but you know how a lot of people talk about with like boba fett how the how the prequel trilogy kind of ruined him because you know we see him as like a 10 year old kid and it takes away from sort of the mystique of this character and you know he's he's like we don't even see his face he's just got a helmet and he's this really cool bounty hunter and it's sort of spoils that mystery of him when you see him as you know a 10 year old kid and he's just a clone and you know that now he's suddenly not as cool anymore i never really felt that way about boba fett because i was like 11 when attack of the clones came out and boba fett wasn't really my favorite character i didn't really care about boba fett that much as a kid and he kind of grew on me over the years like as a teenager i was like oh you know i can kind of see why everybody thinks this guy is so cool but uh and then of course you know seeing like young Anakin and young Boba Fett in those movies as a kid. I mean, I was like the same age, so I could kind of relate to them and I didn't really have a problem with it. But the, the, that complaint that some people have, I think I would have the same complaint with Yoda because to me, Yoda is so cool just as that wise old, like 900 year old mentor who's always been, you know, leading the Jedi and training the Jedi and knows everything about the force. It's like, I'm sure at some point he was young and started out and had to learn all this stuff that he knows, but I don't need to know exactly how all that happened because in my mind, Yoda is just the wise old guy and I don't need to see like teenage Yoda trying to learn how to use a lightsaber. <laughs> that just sounds funny, teenage Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could get that, but I've always been on the opposite end of that. And I, I think I've said this before too with the whole Boba Fett thing, being someone as a kid who grew up with the original trilogy and loved Boba Fett and didn't know anything about him. I, I personally love what his backstory did get revealed in Attack of the Clones and all that. I think it has added more to him. And for me, I I don't really necessarily feel that way where the mystery is what makes that character cool or the less I know about it makes him better. I personally like it when I get more information about a character. I mean, there's going to be occasions where maybe it's not that great or I don't like his certain background story or something, but... For me personally, I just like knowing the history of the character that I really like. And I just think it adds more to it when you see see him again in the movies that you're already familiar with. So with Yoda, he's one of those characters where there's just so much mystery surrounding him that I personally would love to see and find out. Like, what is his species? What is his home world? How, how was he as a Padawan and all that? And there's, I've even heard theories, which I think is pretty cool, where um, he's been a... He's 900 years old, and he's been a Jedi for most of that. Like, was there a point where he actually went to the dark side for a bit, and he was able to come out of it? Maybe he's like the one Jedi, one of the few Jedi who was able to come out of the dark side and come reestablish himself as the Jedi Order. Or I don't know, just <laughs> a lot of things you could tell within that 900 years. So, uh, I personally am hoping I get to see that with Yoda. But I can definitely see where some people like, like you said, you don't need to know too much about the past 
but for me, I'm just someone who like the more information I get about a character, the better it makes them for me. Mm. Well, and see, I mean, I, I love Yoda as a character and I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. more of him. I just don't necessarily need to know where he came from, you know, how he started out. I mean, if they want to make a standalone Yoda film where he's like 400 years old, having, you know, just some really cool adventure in a time way before the Star Wars films. I mean, I'd be all on board with that. Or even if they did, you know, maybe a, a movie that took place before the Phantom Menace where you see Yoda training Dooku as his Padawan or something like that. Um, I mean, I'm sure there, there are a lot of other Yoda adventures they could tell with, um, you know, just uh, in, in other parts of the Star Wars universe. But as far as an origin story, I mean, for me, he's just sort of locked in my mind as that mentor figure. And to have him go from sort of like the supporting role of the mentor figure to the main character of a story having his own growth and development and kind of especially, you know, if he's really young or something like that, might just kind of seem a little bit off-putting to me. But, um, again, like I said, I love the characters. So if they do make any, I mean, if they make any kind of Yoda movie, I'm going to go see it anyways. And, you know, maybe I'll like it more than I think I will. But, um, you know, I mean, like we've said, there's just so many different ideas they could do with these spinoff movies. And like you said, I hope they do kind of branch out from just doing origin stories or something like that but uh, i mean we don't even know how many they're planning to make or how long they're going to keep going for or what they're all going to be about so i'm just excited to you know wait and see all these different kind of star wars stories they come up with yeah it's good to hear too that they're still planning a movie every year because he did say that when he talked about the origin story so that's Mm -hmm. still the plan yeah so uh anyway i think that's uh just about getting ready to wrap it up for this one um you know just had a ton of small stuff to cover hopefully by our next episode we'll have uh, some big news or something like that hopefully it's not like the day after we put this episode up but um you know with all these casting rumors and stuff like i said i just kind of get the feeling that it's all going to come to a head soon and that we're finally going to get something official um although at this point um you know with uh you know we've been saying we want official confirmation that like han and luke and leia are coming back at this point, because that's been going around for so long and because so many people seem to just sort of expect that now, it's like if that were the only casting news we were to get, that would almost to me be like, okay, yeah, what else? Like, tell, yeah. us some of the, <laughs> tell us some of these new actors that we've been hearing about and that you've been, you know, polling people about online and who've been denying and speculating and saying that they want to be in it or they don't want to be in it. I mean, that for me is now kind of starting to be a little bit more exciting of... Um, you know, just sort of wondering about like who's who else is going to be in it and who some of the new characters are going to be and stuff like that. I almost wish they would like tell us what the movie's going to be out, be about and what characters are going to be in it, so that with all these rumors, we could start trying to guess. You know, this person would be good for this character. Or this person would be good for this character. Because I mean, at this point, we pretty much already know that Han and Luke and Leia are coming back. Or if they're not, then it's going to be a big surprise and we're all going to be disappointed. But you know, I think the the speculation well has run dry on that one. Yeah, and I'm thinking, too, now that all the big conventions that we talked about earlier where there was no big announcements about uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, I just think now we're going to get one big annou- big cast announcements where it's going to be them coming back if they are, and plus the new cast of the new characters. And within that, we'll probably get descriptions of those characters and maybe a brief plot synopsis of the film. I think it's all going to be in one big announcement now since we're, they're getting so close to starting the film next year or we're in the middle of September, so I think it's going to be like just one big, giant announcement with all this information. Yeah, well, it feels like it's getting close to the end of the year, but I mean, all that stuff is still like four months away, so it could still be a while of waiting, but uh, 
I don't know. We'll just have to see. Yeah, it'll be here like that. Though. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it'll be sooner than later than we get that we get something official. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll get something soon. At least, you know, if not that, there may be some big rumors or an announcement about a new game or something like that, so that we can uh, get some new episodes out for you guys. Because um, it's been, I think, almost a month since our last episode, and like I said, you know, as all these rumors were coming out, like I wanted to do an episode and. Uh, report on some of these just so we could be putting out episodes more regularly but at the same time um you know i was kind of waiting for something big to go on and didn't want to just be talking about you know little rumors here or there and then put an episode out and have something big come out right afterwards so um you know the sooner we get something official the better but uh, until then we'll just you know keep checking on all these rumors and stuff like that and um you know be reporting to you guys as we find them uh, so, Tim, anything else we should uh, add for this episode, or are we just about done? Uh, that's about it. But I will say, if you need some Star Wars content to hold you over, definitely check out that Kenobi novel. It's really cool, especially mm. if you're an Obi-Wan fan. It just For me, as Obi- Obi-Wan being my favorite character, it just like, made him even more so, seeing all the stuff he goes through, and just why he's the greatest Jedi ever. So, <laughs> definitely check it out. Yeah, that is, that's definitely on my list. Um, I thought about buying that the other day, and then I realized I've still got two Star Wars books that I haven't finished. I've had uh, Plagueis, and I got the 20th anniversary edition of Heir to the Empire. It's like, you know, the nice hardback with Uh the silver cover and everything. And I've had both of those for like a couple of years and um, started Plagueis and haven't finished it and haven't even started reading Heir to the Empire yet. And I mean, you know, I've been busy with school and doing my movie and all this stuff. So after graduation, I mean, you know, I'm trying to figure out jobs and all that kind of stuff too. But um, that's definitely on my to-do list is, is get some more Star Wars reading done. Um, and hopefully I'll get those two books done. And then, you know, maybe by Christmas I can put Kenobi on my Christmas list or something like that and uh, yeah. be able to read that one. Yeah, that and Plagueis I think should be your first two books. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm excited to read Heir to the Empire too just now that – there's all this talk going around about episode seven and you know, I, I want to kind of maybe get a little bit more into the era, like after, uh, after return of the Jedi now. Yeah. Even though it's going to no longer matter. Cause <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. At the same time, I'm not like, Oh, got to go read all those books now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are going to get retconned, but, uh, you know, air to the empire kind of is like, um, I don't know. It, it, you know, it's sort of like the big starting point of the, the whole expanded universe. I mean, that's like the one, I guess that's kind of like the one book that if you read any book after episode six, it seems like you should read that one, at least from what I've heard. So, yeah, that's like, that was the episode seven at the time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, hopefully I'll, uh, I'll get a chance to get through all those and, you know, check out Kenobi. Cause that one, I, I've only heard good things about that since it's come out. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like I said, until next time, we'll be just uh, keeping an eye out for rumors and stuff and keeping you guys posted and, you know, updated through Facebook and Twitter. So you guys can check us out there. Look us up on Facebook, Star Wars The Saga Continues, and like our Facebook page. You can follow us on Twitter at Star Wars TSC. And if you have any questions, comments, you know, hate mail, whatever you want to send us, uh, you can... <laughs> Uh, send us email Kyle at CloneWarsPodcast.com or Tim at CloneWarsPodcast.com. And as always, uh, if you guys listen to us through iTunes, you can feel free to leave us a review on there. Uh, you know, it's always great to have listener feedback. You guys can let us know how we're doing, how you like the show. So um, hopefully it won't be another month before we uh, come back with a new episode for you guys. I mean, even if we don't have any 
real big news to talk about. Uh, you know, we'll hopefully try to get something out uh, sooner rather than later if we've just got some rumors to talk about or something like that. But uh, thank you guys for listening. That's all for now. And uh, we will see you next time. And may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Thank you.